0: Chapter 25, when I arrived there in New Orleans in September of 1966, having driven there in my brand-new Mustang Fastback, I found that the pastor there at St. Matthias Catholic Church was most cordial and very welcoming. His first assistant was a Louisiana native and he was clearly a fun-loving, loving person and he too was very welcoming. The other assistant was like me, a student in residence there at St. Matthias. He was a Benedictine uh, monk working on his second year of a PhD in sociology. He had spent the whole year before there at St. Matthias also. Between the three of them I felt very much at home from the very beginning. That camaraderie which uh, they uh, offered lasted all the time that I was to spend there. The Tulane campus, it turned out to be, was no more than fifteen-minute drive from the rectory. The parish was distinctly an upper-middle and upper-class socioeconomic uh, uh, in its makeup. All was very, all were, all all were very close to downtown, and to central and it was central to many conveniences in the city. It was obviously no time that the two assistants had a great respect for the pastor and vice versa. During the week, I was assigned daily mass and nothing else was expected of me. On weekends, I was on the roster for Saturday confessions and for a Sunday mass at which I was expected to preach, to preach a sermon just like everybody else did. I could have all three meals daily there at the rectory, I was told, and if I wasn't gonna be there, to simply let the cook know when I would not be there. Invariably, I took my lunch away from the rectory. I was there for breakfast and for dinner most frequently. Needless to say, everything about the Tulane Experience MSW program was enormously new to me. The very notion of being in a graduate program was foreign to me when I began simply because never in my involvement in priestly duties did I consider that I would be back to the rigors of full-time study with the frequent quizzes and exams, plus assignments to produce written manuscripts and to be presented in very specific formats. The UTEP experience, as I had mentioned earlier, took me to my first secular institution of higher learning in my 20 years of attending school From elementary, eight years, high school, four years, college, four years, topped by four years of theology studies. And for that reason, the secular component of the Tulane Grad School was not new to me. What was new, and surreptitiously new, was that in the Tulane experience, I began to identify with a brand new entity. The new entity was the profession of social work. And I was doing it by identifying quite naturally with the graduate students of that profession. And I say quite naturally because they were my classmates. And I spent a lot of time with them socially as well as in study time. Up until then, my strongest steel identification was primarily with Catholicism and secondarily with priesthood in one of the world's great religions. My identity with social work profession and with the graduate students of that profession was occurring. I surmise because suddenly and methodically, I was feeding my nine bins which make up my subconsciousness with broader perspectives than I than the ones espoused by my Catholic upbringing. Those nine bins, if you recall. I spoke of them in chapter two of this narration of transformative moments. And I listed them as nine places where we store our experience and our learning and we very systematically put it into very specific categories. I had listed them as number one, attitudes. Number two, beliefs. Number three, customs. Number four, ethnic identification number five feelings number six interests number seven self-perception number eight traditions and number nine values I had also posited in that chapter how it is that I consider those nine bins or what I'm calling bins, not only as constituting my subconsciousness but also my karma That is, that which determines behavior in the human being, past, present, and future behavior. I could not have articulated then, when I am articulating now, as to what was surreptitiously new. What I perceived was that an internal movement was occurring inside of me, but I was not consciously aware exactly what it was made of. I was not sure what this movement was inside of me. I did know that when the new thinking in Catholic theology confronted me, I was more apt to study it in depth and I tended to be more liberal in my outlook than conservative. It wasn't right away that I realized, but later I did realize that the Mexico City experience had opened me up to be more liberal in my outlook on life in general than what I had embraced prior to it. The liberal mind is more open to change than the conservative one, which by definition is very traditional. And to be traditional means that you hold on to tradition. You don't change very easily if you're conservative. Some extremely and supremely significant questions were being seen through a whole new set of viewpoints. And they were questions which i had harbored some serious doubt about but i had never brought it out brought it, brought them out into the open this entailed substituting some values some attitudes and traditions which ultimately affected my self-perception these were the primary bins that i was feeding new perspectives into since the perception we have of ourselves determines how we see ourselves in life and where in life we find meaning and purpose, I was beginning to question whether the decision I had made about my life purpose, which I had made and committed myself to at age 15, was what I wanted to continue committing to. I knew I had a solid commitment that I had repeatedly made until I was ordained. I had lived up to that commitment very passionately and willingly from ordination on. Now it seemed like I was beginning to see that with certain values changing and certain attitudes being adopted, that perhaps I needed to pursue a different path than the one I had chosen at age 15. I was in turmoil internally, not because I had a choice between something good and something bad, but because I had a choice between two powerful goods. The question was, which choice could I live with best because both choices involved leaving something of value behind as well as the pursuit of something of value in the future. I needed to thoroughly examine whether the values and the attitudes I was beginning to adopt were really ones that I preferred to the ones I had been espousing since age 15 in which I had been reinforcing. After one semester and a half of the Tulane experience, I approached the chancellor with the permission to do an internship in the summer between my two years master's program. I requested to go to Dallas to do an internship at the Catholic Charities office there and to study how that office was conducted in a city much bigger than El Paso namely Dallas, Texas. I also asked permission to see a counselor, a mental health counselor, to iron out some of the emotional upheaval which all this was given rise to. And I asked permission to see a dyed-in-the-wool theologian in order to discuss new thinking, which had an appeal to me, but which I wanted to discuss with someone acquainted with the theological questions that it involved. I said to the chancellor that I could find my own counselor, but I needed help from the diocese to help me find a theologian willing to see me during those three months that I was to spend in Dallas. His ready response was that by all means, I could go ahead and find a counselor and that I would have to pay for it to that. And of course, I readily agreed to that. He also said that he he would inquire, "What in Dallas, uh, I, where in Dallas, I could find the theologian that I wanted," and he would let me know. I was questioning beliefs which I had held, not only from age fifteen but for my entire life. There were now two. There were now new beliefs, which had as much merit, or more than, my traditional ones. It all scared me to be truthful with you. What if I were wrong and to think differently? Was my motivation to change beliefs and values, was it based on motives based on the easy way out? Was my thought to leave the priesthood equivalent to being a traitor, like Judas Iscariot had been towards the master? Or was I doing what Jesus did when he renounced the Pharisees and the Sadducees for holding on to traditions that no longer made sense? I clearly needed time to think it all out. End of chapter 25.